You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Facebook Live Q&A. I am your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with the one, the only, and the amazingly talented, Cindy. Hello, everyone. Welcome. All right, do we have a question that we want to kick it off with? So we have a couple left over from our um, last Q&A. Nice. So the one I'm going to start with is from Saad Masood. Okay, one of the best names that we have in our community. <laughs> I dig that name. What would be uh, what would be hypothetically your biggest disappointment in life? Under impacting, is there a quantifiable target in terms of how big of an impact you want to have? Yeah, I, there is. I haven't spent a lot of time like really putting a number to it, partly because it's become cliche to say that you want to help a billion people. Right. Like that's pretty rad though, and if you can do that, um, I think that's awesome. Uh, here's the the honest truth. I will judge our success by our revenue, profitable revenue. So Mm -hmm. I believe that what we're doing is the right thing for the world. I believe that if we continue on the path that we're on, that we're going to help a lot of people. The one thing that is the big question mark is, will we be clever enough to monetize it? And so I don't doubt for a second that we'll help people. I'm wired for that. I think we've built a team that's literally wired for that. Like everybody here really, really enjoys that. And I think it resonates a lot. And I I honestly think that we would turn on each other if we started drifting away from that. I think that would be the fastest way for us to lose everybody on the team. So like none of that makes me tense. The thing that I think a lot about though is how do you really monetize this? And and there's such a huge chasm between where we are today and beating Disney at their own game or where we are today from a company incubation side and actually having successful exits. So understanding that crossing that chasm isn't going to be about us helping people because I think that we'll do that. I think the content is real. Um, the, The content resonates with people. The community is growing very rapidly. It's all going to be a question about can we actually turn it into a business? And so I don't think about it in terms of like, how do you pin down like how many people you've helped? We already like if we make the mistake of being intoxicated by the number of people that write in saying you've helped, I think that we will slow down. So Mm -hmm. if we focus on making this a self-sustaining business, I think then that everything else will take care of itself because we'll have the resources that we need in order to really help people for the long term. Because I don't think there's a finish line. I don't think you ever help so many people that you don't need to help anymore. The human condition is such that this is something that has to be taught to generation after generation after generation. If you take your eye off the ball for one second, it all falls apart. So I want us to be the paradigm that shows how a business can be sustaining. And since we're not looking for an exit, I hope that we can really be a tentpole for the evergreen movement so people can see that you can generate wealth and keep the company in. So... That's really how I think about it. I dig it. Hopefully that uh, helped out for you, Saad. Is it Saad or Sood? Hmm. Saad Masad rhymes. So if so. we can, but oh, obviously Saad, Sood, whichever it is, tell us because we want to say it the right way. Right. But if I could just pressure you to Put make sure that Put that, that uh, phonetic spelling <laughs> in the comments, if you will. That would be amazing. All right. So um, this next one comes from Ibrahim El Galad. How, uh, can you give more of an explanation about holding two competing thoughts in your head at once and how do you balance it and still succeed? 
Yeah, so um, I think that I succeed not in spite of holding two ideas in my head. I think I succeed because of it. So um, the concept is that you're using, first of all, there are very few, even though I love dealing in absolutes because there's so much clarity in it, the reality is life isn't really like that. And if you can, in fact, those, we'll use those as two competing examples. Here are two ideas that I hold in my head. The world is binary and you love something or you hate it, something is right or it is wrong. Period, simple as. Now, I also know the truth, which is that the world is one big pot of gray, that there are no absolutes. What is it? Only the Sith deal in absolutes. Huh? Okay. So right. it's like those, I know both of those are beneficial. So I know sometimes it is absolutely critical to deal in the absolutes of, yes, we should do this. No, we shouldn't. You can't waffle on about maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. Right. It's like you pick one and you run with it. Then on the other hand, you really need to be looking for the nuance. You need to be looking for like, okay, how does the gray area play in? When is it right to um, you know, push on one versus the other? And I think that the world really is at all times just a spectrum of gray. And it's very rare that things truly fall into those camps. But the reason that I emphasize the binary over the gray is that you need that to make a decision because I believe that it's better to run in a thousand miles an hour in the wrong direction than to stand still. Because once you realize you're going in the wrong direction, then you'll adjust, pivot, and you'll start going a thousand miles, hopefully in the right direction. So it is that balance. Now, the, the nuance of knowing when to push on one and when to push on the other is really, for me, about understanding what your goal is and then working backwards. So I don't fall prey to my emotions because my emotions don't always serve my goals. And that was a huge breaking point for me. Now, most people, what they do is they have like a, a thing in the back of their mind that's either given to them by their parents, maybe some of its biology a lot of it is certainly cultural about the way things should be. And so, for instance, um, if they do something, let's say that you do something um, that your family would be disappointed in. So you choose a path that your um, that culturally is just stupid. In fact, let's, that little smile, I know exactly <laughs> what that was. So Cindy was supposed to be a lawyer. I was, I was supposed to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, a pharmacist, etc. And on down the list. Yeah. But you decided not to. Yep. Now, many people would waste a lot of time feeling guilty about that. But Cindy had a goal. She wanted to live a life that made her feel alive. She wanted to help people. She wanted to do something that was beautiful, that made the world a more beautiful place. So rather than live in the world of shoulds, I should have done this, I should have done that, she broke free of that and really started living a life because that was her goal, right? So her goal was to feel alive, to help other people, and to bring beauty to the world. All right, so if those are your three goals, does letting my fear of embarrassing my family, of disappointing my family, do I let that dictate my actions? Is that my end goal, to appease my family? No, okay, well then I'm gonna do things that do get me towards the goal that I really have. And so that's when I push and pull. So it's like, yes, there are times where Cindy needs to be disappointed in herself and needs to push herself, but it needs to be based on when she is either moving towards these three things or not moving towards those three things versus what maybe other people try to um, dictate for her, which is based on what her parents thought would be a safe life for her because they love you. They want good yeah. things for you. Like their intentions are so pure and wonderful. And at the time, that's what made sense in terms of the economy and just being, you know, first generation. A lot of those jobs are the more stable jobs when you get here if you're educated. So that's kind of the path that they wanted us to walk because they know no others, you know? So. So yeah, it's. She's able to think her way through that, to, to look at that very clearly because she has another thing that's dictating when she pushes on, do I feel guilty about this or do I not, which is goals. 
So to me, it's really about having those clear goals and that'll determine. So for me, um, you know, when do I punish myself for something? So like the other day uh, when Jared and I were doing After Impact, I was going down a train of thought and then I forgot. And so how much do I beat myself up over that, right? So, and I did beat myself up over it because I want to make sure that I practice it. So I'm saying like, hey, I'm disappointed that you forgot that thing, but if I keep pushing down that and I were to wake up this morning and be like, are you idiot? You're so dumb. Like I can't, yeah. like that's going to start to erode my sense of self, which does not move me towards my goal of actually getting better. So I beat myself up just enough to make sure that I keep practicing and then I back mm. off and then I reward myself. Hey, you're the type of person that practices. You're not afraid to look at your deficiencies. So it's the, the subtlety push pull of knowing what your goal is and I'll liken it to driving, right? You don't always step on the gas. You don't always step on the brake. So you've got to know where you're trying to get to and drive accordingly. Oh, that's a really simple metaphor for that. Boom. I like it. There it is. All right. So just as a reminder, um, we're doing a giveaway nice. for a three-month Audible gift card. All you have to do is post on um, your Facebook page about Impact Theory, um, tagging Tom Bilyeu and Impact Theory, and share the link to your favorite episode of Impact Theory thus far. Nice. And then just send us a sc uh, screenshot to connect at impacttheory.com. And that will all be um, in the comments shortly. Nice. Yeah. So our next question comes... Really fast, Jared. Sorry. How have we been doing with these giveaways? Do we suck at them still or are we getting better? We're getting better. Nice. All right. Very cool. All right. So being told that we're getting better at this and this is something. And by the way, I, I always air our dirty laundry um, <laughs> out here. I like to do that because I want you guys like, don't just do what we say. Watch what we do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time Gary Vaynerchuk said that. I thought that's so smart because if you just listen to what he says, you're going to get a lot. But if you watch what he does, you'll see the moves that he's making before he knows if they work. And so you can really be a part of that process. You can see mm -hmm. the experimentation. So um, I'm trying to make like every layer of our content usable. So I want you guys to know when we're struggling at something, we'll just talk about it. When we're pivoting or trying something new, we'll talk about it uh, because we want to know what you guys want to do. And I have like this really um, wonderful fantasy that as we grow up, that the, and there will be, there will be people in the community that really become a part of what we're doing. And that to me is really exciting. So it's going to be people that invest, that shape this. So this is like Jason Silva all over, right? We shape the community, then the community shapes us back. So I love that. I want that. And the only way for that to happen is if we involve you guys every step of the way. So um, yeah, that's what it's about. So I'm excited to hear that we're getting a bigger response from you guys. That's fantastic. And the giveaways. And if there's other things that would be meaningful to you, like don't hesitate to let us know. That's how we turn this into something that's awesome going to be magic, guys. Word. All right. So this next question comes from Joshua Martell. Our boy. Our boy in Florida. Tom. Is it 3D Pop Designs? Is that the name of his company? Pop. I always feel compelled. Dude, go look at what this guy's doing. He is super, super talented. I really dig yeah. his stuff. I think it's dope. Um, Joshua, are you doing commissions yet? Does he do commissions? Is that like the whole business model? Commissions? I'd love to know. So Don't let us know, know Joshua. Yet. Let us know. I know that let he's prepping for a big con coming up in his area. Nice. Where he's going to display a lot of his art. Yeah. Nice. So right now his world is all humid all the time. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. 
All right. So the question is, Tom, do you see the um, see in the future that you will make a movie that will combine everything that you've learned from all the books and guests you have encountered? That will combine it all? Probably not. I think that one really important thing um, is that you, in any one story, you've got to pick like what are your main theme or two, maybe three, like you really can't go beyond that or just become a muddled mess. Um, so really, I think stories need to attack one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that ultimately, yes, the mindset is something, basically every story that impact theory will ever get involved in is about going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Like that's it. That's the story that we're going to tell over and over and over and over. But there are a thousand ways to approach that. There's a thousand nuanced elements, a thousand important little pieces to that that you can emphasize to make, you know, a whole different story. So you could have a coming of age story. You could have, you know, uh, fantastical stories. You could have a, a story of, you know, what it's like to go through divorce. Um, it's just, there are an infinite number of ways to tell that story. I think that um, Star Wars tells that story. The Matrix tells that story. But Ordinary People tells that story. And mm-hmm. so there are, you know, just like so many different ways to get at it. And that'll really what I hope will become our calling card is that if you go see an impact theory movie, you read an impact theory comic book, novel, whatever, you will be empowered by the end, that you will see a path to a more beautiful life for yourself or for others, um, and that it will just continue to reinforce this culture. It's to me what I'll call the new hero's journey. So the hero's journey in today's world is going from believing that you can't do something to believing that you can do something. And that to me is, that's the juice. Like that's what it's all about. So maybe back in the day it was like bravery and you know, the reluctant hero who it's always a reluctant answer to the call, right? Like that's just a part of the hero's journey. Um, and, and I think there's really something different going on today in a modern world where technology is advancing so rapidly, the middle class is being eroded. We're automating jobs. Um, we're having to rely on our ability to adapt way more than we Mm -hmm. ever had to. And you know, when, our parents were kids, certainly, um, you know, like I think my mom's had in her adult life, you know, I mean, in sort of her pre-marriage days, maybe she had a few other jobs. But after getting married, I think she's had two jobs. So it's like, but that doesn't happen anymore. Like people my mom has had so many jobs. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And maybe that's because you're just young enough um, because this started <laughs> phasing out a while ago. I think my mom and dad were sort of at the very cusp baby boomers were the the first ones to really see that like you're probably not going to work at one place and retire with a gold watch before yeah. you know for a couple of generations that was the shtick so it's a different world now and i think we need yeah. new stories but ironically my dad has probably had like the same job really for all of eternity interesting what does he do yeah. uh he was an obgyn he's currently retired yeah. really uh-huh Why i think your dad like... was like an engineer or something he was a doctor. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so it's like I've watched C-sections. Your and, dad is like and him Bill Huxtable. Yeah. Is that his first name? It was Bill, right? Yeah. Mr. Huxtable. Yeah. Cliff Huxtable? Cliff. It's Cliff. Cliff, Cliff. and Claire? Cliff. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. All right. There we go. Yeah. So he so, delivered babies. Like, that's mm-hmm. his thing. He delivered babies. Huh. He did C-sections. All nice. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Have you watched The Nick? The Nick? No. So fascinating uh, TV show starring Clive Owen about turn of the century medicine and the series opens on them trying to figure out how to do a C-section. And you really get the sense of like how deadly it was like a yeah. hundred years ago. That was like, it's no one thought it was possible. Like you were going to like cut someone open and like 
retrieve a baby and yeah. then sew them back up. Yes, but you're cutting like major arteries. Yeah. So the time to bleeding to death is like 30 seconds. Yeah. So, oh my God. Fascinating. Yeah. And then like, and not to mention like internal bleeding because like I've also... When my sister was being delivered, that's kind of what happened to my. Did my your mom. dad deliver you guys? Mm-mm. Is that just like that's like uh, a it was like a weird like conflict of interest too? Because what you get too emotional. It's just uh, yeah. Well, it's also like you want to be there in support of your wife, like instead mm. of like on the other end of it. Can I? So look, maybe I would feel differently if I had gone through it, and there was just like a thing where they don't let you do it. If it were my wife, I would trust nobody but myself to do it. But it makes you like even more critical. Like, so we, we technically are the worst patients because like my dad knows, you know? And so (laughs) it's the, you know, having, it's almost like you have two doctors in there and they're like actually going to like make sure everything gets done. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. But I think like technically you're not supposed to, but. Yeah. That's vaguely made my radar. Yeah. Hmm. I want to know, would you guys, if you were a trained physician, would you guys want to do it yourself or would you want somebody else to do it? I would do it myself for Schweizy. I don't trust anybody else. I would feel like I was shirking my responsibilities. I don't think it's shirking your responsibilities. It's not. And I bet you're right that there are rules It's like a different role that you have to fulfill if you were to like think of it in that way. Yep. Where it's like he had to be dad and not OBGYN. Yep. I still. And it's like, and then it's also like judgment calls for like different things usually come into play hmm. very interesting but yeah uh were we answering a question or like is it the next question? we did I, we answered it and then something triggered okay and I asked about that. <laughs> oh yeah because i said my mom had multiple jobs yes and then my dad has been in the, the same, same one same one pretty much for do you know about heal heal yeah so it's a new app that lets you basically get house calls from your doctor and oh, Christopher awesome. was talking about this and he said, oh, they wanted to do heal, but they had such a great doctor for his son that they didn't want to, um, to switch it up. And then that doctor closed his practice to become a heal physician. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how that, like, that's the Uber of doctors. So how it's, do you make enough money? It's going back to like the early days of like but when doctors you would come to travel? your house. You write it off. No, but I'm talking from a time perspective. So you'd have mm-hmm. like somehow, some way, he's obviously making more money or at mm-hmm. least enjoying his life more by being a heel doctor. Yeah. But I was just thinking, how do you like, now you're like driving all over the place. Can it really be more efficient to you might, have an app? I don't know. It's so like you might also be able to take longer calls. So part of the problem with like healthcare right now is like doctors see a patient for 30 minutes like right. your primary physician is only really supposed to get you in and out like okay great you're all checked out but with someone coming to your house and getting to know you and like being able to see the environment that you live in and kind of suss out what's going on i feel like you're getting a better experience but if they're seeing you longer and they have to travel now you've got the double whammy i don't i don't understand the revenue more model. Doesn't seem and like people are going to go for that. And I'm sure there's like less overhead. Like I feel like that, I want. Yes. Like I feel like I probably want like a doctor who would come. Oh, to I my want house. it. I'm just saying as a doctor. Like I'm never doing anything <laughs> again. Like heal doctors all day, every <laughs> day. That's the only way yeah. to fly. But it's also I'm sure that it's also like a, an experience thing. Like how much experience that you have. Because a lot of times doctors start at hospitals and then they move move on to their private practices. Hmm. But this kind of cuts out the leap to your private practice where you can insert that middle 
man, which is the app, and then be able to build your clientele. If anybody out there has some specific info on Heal, I'd love to learn about it. Drop it in the comments. I'll read it afterwards. But that's, um, I'm curious. Yeah, curious I, I definitely that think work. that it's like a cool, like, what was it? All right, sorry. I'm going to get back to it. And, right. um, so this comes from Danbro Fitness. Besides work and learning, what do you love to do? Okay. You're, you're kind of taking reading. My normal go-to answer is reading. I love to read. But he said, besides learning, um, I'm obsessed with my wife. So let's start with that. So anything that is my wife, um, hanging out with her, just talking. My favorite time in the universe is when my wife and I have just like alone time. We can shut the world out and it's just the two of us at a buffet. That, that is literally my heaven. My wife and I at a buffet where we can graze and just eat slowly so like all those needs are taken care of and we can just lock into each other and just chat about stuff. Uh, that is for Shui is my favorite. I love playing video games. That's fun. It does tie in a little bit to my fetish with learning though and improvement because mm -hmm. the whole fun of the game for me is to get better. Uh, it's like professional athletics to me. It is, you're competing with people, at least the games that I play, you're competing with people, real people around the world uh, in real time with teammates. So my wife, myself and my sister, we are a fire team of three. Uh, I love that. Um, and beyond that, that movies, oh my God, movies. movies, 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 obsessively watch movies. And I'll, I'll bundle that like really great TV. We're living through a TV renaissance right now. Yeah. So I'm about that as well. I dig it. I don't actually have a television. <laughs> Like a real television. Because you watch on a computer screen. I watch on a computer screen. What do you do if you and your roommates want to watch something together? I don't know. We just open up a laptop. And you sit around a laptop? I mean, it's just me and my sister. Like, we're not, like... How big is your laptop? I mean, it's, it's like this What? <laughs> That's madness. It is. It's kind of madness, but like at the same on time... On behalf of the content creators, I'm offended. All right. Be offended. That but is... I'm just saying, like what? we, my family has like always been a little weird. Like we used to have like a big screen TV and we would all sit around it. And then we got laptops and we started to kind of bond more intimately when we would just like sit or like lay like super close, like cuddled in like bed together What if like watching. a third person wants to watch? What third person? Or wow. it's like you just make arrangements, I guess. Wow. I know. What do you do we'll like get, on a, we'll during the holidays? It. During the holidays. I'm somewhere with the television. Okay, so then it's like it's, a yeah. standard setup. Yeah, because it's so like you're you with a you and your sister people. watching like uh, House of Cards. Yeah. You've got your head in your sister's shoulder and you're just in the zone. We're just like there. Or you're just watching by yourself. Okay. A lot of times you're watching by yourself. I never, ever watch by myself. I, I, I enjoy Interesting. it. Yeah, I would have when I was single, I guess. It's just now. <laughs> but I guess. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this one comes from Dilip. Actually, I would like to backtrack, guys. And Is this you or is this Dilip? No, this is, this is me. This is Cindy. All right, we're I would like to officially wish you a happy birthday from wow. the community. Thank you. And us, of course. Thank you. Thank um, you. Very shout kind. Out to that. Very kind. Thank you. Yes. Um, and so this one comes from Dilip. <laughs> Thank you. Agent Smith in the background. Cheering. Right. It's like everyone's hold off in their corners while we record. All right. Um, Dilip, I'm sorry to delay on your question. How to stop repeating the same mistake again and again? So how do you do that? All right. So what's the mechanism? Um, I always default to identity when I need to do something like that. Like 
because it, it sort of lets you off the hook for a behavior that might seem indulgent. So if I were repeating that same mistake, I'm going to say to myself, look, I'm the type of person that doesn't repeat that mistake. So, okay, I've done it. What can I learn? And it's going to force you into a new routine. So because you know, like, hey, if I'm the type of person that doesn't repeat a mistake, some part of your brain goes, okay, well, what do I really, because I keep doing this. So what do I really need to do to change this up? What do I need to learn? What skill do I need to get better at? How can I practice at that? Um, that really becomes critical to get into a loop that allows you to gain a new skill because you're making that mistake because you're missing some skill or key insight or whatever. And so 99 times out of 100, it's a skill. So let's break down what is the skill? What am I lacking? How do I get good at that? What are the repetitions that I can put in? What's the practice where I can really get good at that thing and just recognize it's just a gap in skill set? And so focus on developing that skill set. And chances are you're just re putting yourself into that same situation. If it's not a failure of, um, like people, one mistake that people make is, you know, say cheating on their diet. They, you know, set like, I'm not going to do this, that or the other, eat this, that. And then they do recognizing that if you're in a situation where it seems like a failure of character and that's where people get themselves in trouble, it's really not a failure of character that slipping up on your diet or whatever does not make you a bad person. And that now you need to start figuring out, okay, what are the things that are going to allow me to push past that. So I'll give you an example. I love, love having tempting foods in the house. Now, the reason I love having tempting foods in the house is because then my identity kicks in. I'm the type of person that can sit next to my favorite foods, smelling my foods, being hungry and still not eating it. So I get so much joy and pleasure out of like realizing, oh my God, that's me. I've got like all this discipline. I've worked so hard. Like I used to be super lazy and to give in to everything and now I don't. Look at me. Oh my God, I'm so cool. (laughs) It's all true. And because that actually makes me feel better about myself than giving in and eating it, that I really enjoy that. But if that isn't you and you know that foods like that are tempting, get them out of the house. Like Mm -hmm. set yourself up for success. Don't have the foods around. Only have things in your house that are beneficial that are going to keep you on that lifestyle also don't i mean this just in particular don't think of it as a diet think of it as a lifestyle change make sure that you have release valves so for me when i first got into you know clean living i had to have a day a week where i could eat whatever i wanted right that was Mm -hmm. the only way for me to stay sane and so you get into that rhythm and then you know you start discovering other ways to satisfy a sweet tooth or whatever and there's a lot better food products on the market. So I mean there's things you can do but it's just not sitting there beating yourself up all week because then what happens? You start beating yourself up over eating it. It's a failure of character and you feel badly about yourself. What's going to cheer you up? A bowl of ice cream. So you have it and then you feel worse and you get into this just retarded right. cycle. So it's about recognizing like how do I effectively move towards my goals what is either the gap in skill set or what is the piece of identity or what is just the things to do like removing food from my thing so be honest with yourself about where you're falling down and address that thing that's great advice yeah and i mean look next time if you come on and ask that question like really really specifically like here's where i keep falling down then we can address that specific thing but at a high level that's the answer yeah that's that's definitely a valid point All right, so this next one comes from Denise Sarkor. Tom, how do you balance the service, which the philanthropic aspect of business and the goal for the bottom line? And is the business the key vehicle you see for positively impacting the world? Yeah, so I'm not conflicted between wealth creation and doing good. I don't think they're exclusive. I think it is um, 
uh, is this a good, this may be a horrible analogy, but I'm going to use it as just a gateway to the conversation. If I give you a hammer, you can build something or you can kill someone. So it, it isn't the thing itself that becomes the problem. It really is what you do with it. So a business can be predatory and it can try to trick, cajole, think of the cigarette industry. Okay, they just lied. They knew it was a problem. They were intentionally putting things into the cigarette to make it more addictive and then they lied about it. And they lobbied the life out of the government and to you know, try to defer laws and things and push it off as far as they could to keep extracting value from the consumer. Okay, that's sinister. But a business doesn't have to be like that. And I think that enough people are really waking up and realizing that they can do beautiful things, that they can make a lot of money, that the only thing that's sustainable is value. And let's take it back to cigarettes. Once you get somebody addicted to cigarettes, or even like forget it, like how do you get that first kid? Market to a teenager who wants to rebel. You give them something with which to rebel. You have delivered value. And I need people to understand that. I'm not saying that it's good. I'm just saying it delivered value to that person. Drugs deliver a very potent value. And that is why people will go way out of their way to manipulate brain chemistry. Also, nicotine works. It actually does lower people's anxiety. It actually, I hate that this is true, but it actually does make it through almost certainly through nutrition partitioning. It makes it easier for people to lose weight and keep it off. Like cigarettes delivered a ton of value. Now they have a side effect. That side Mm -hmm. effect is death. And so it also extracted a ton of value from people, but that happened slowly over time. If your first cigarette killed you, it would have been a lot less effective, but because it didn't, people need to understand that that is delivering value. So value over time is sustainable. People will pay for that. Now, imagine that you could create things that delivered that same kind of value, and this was our edict at Quest, that delivered the same neurochemical value that junk food delivered, but we made the demand that it could also deliver metabolic advantages. So could you do both? And we thought the answer is yes. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be possible. And so that was what we bet the farm on, that you could do both at the same time. So as people begin to like the company Neurovalens that we're still flirting with, and God bless those guys are being very patient with me while I really look at the company to make sure that they're real. Um, but if Neurovalens is real, what it's doing is stimulating the vestibular nerve, which is just a fancy way of saying that it makes your body think that it's moving. And if they're right, and their hypothesis is that if you can convince your body that it's moving, that you can get it to upregulate metabolism, mm-hmm. so it will burn fat and it will help you put on lean muscle mass because that is the body's natural response to being highly active. And the example they give is a cheetah, right? A cheetah just doesn't get fat. Like you can feed it all day. And the cheetah's body's just like, this is not an effective strategy for being really fast and catching something. So <laughs> let's keep the fat off. Let's upregulate our metabolism. Right. Let's keep the lean muscle mass. Like look at a pit bull, right? Feed it whatever you want. It gets muscular as hell. Like that's just what it's programmed to do. So their hypothesis is the human body has the same thing, but what it does to track whether it needs to upregulate that or whether, because remember humans are adaptive. So we change better than most animals. So we can change to being sedentary or we can change to being highly active. And if we're sedentary, mm-hmm. it's not a problem to put on fat because you may be about to hibernate. And that's why you're slowing down because it's getting cold and you're going to hibernate. So slow down, store fat, don't have to worry about lean muscle mass, do need the adipose tissue in order to tap into that when you go into you know, the winter months or whatever. So that's why the human can be on the plains of the savanna or they can be you know, in the Arctic circle because we can change. So that's their whole hypothesis. So here you have people that are making something that could be very beneficial and they'll make a lot of money in the process. So there there are these things and I think there are gonna be waves of companies that recognize 
that the most potent way in a highly social, highly connected world to build a lasting business that makes a lot of money so that you can continue to invest in R&D and do amazing things for the world, do amazing things for yourself, is to deliver value that sustains over time. So the people are like, whoa, these guys are looking out for me, right? So I think that's the next wave of companies. I think that's what people should be doing. And I think as consumers, that's those are the companies that we should be rewarding are people that are making our lives better. So I think that we can do both. That's how I balance them, is just making the demand that our business by its very nature is what people would traditionally think as being philanthropic, but we hold ourselves to a very painful standard, which is I'm going to let the market decide if we're delivering enough value. So I'm not gonna go you know, out to the world with my hand out and fundraise by telling people all the good things that I'm doing. I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna let the market tell me directly. If I'm delivering enough value, they'll continue to pay for my service, my product, and if I'm not delivering enough value, we go out of business or we change. I could keep talking about this forever. I will stop now, but that's my approach. All right. And I'm very passionate about it, <laughs> lest you hadn't noticed. In, ca- in case you didn't yeah. see that. Um, so just as a reminder to everyone, we're still running our giveaway. Um, so it's a three-month Audible subscription. If you post on your Facebook about Impact Theory, tagging Tom Bilyeu and Impact Theory, and sharing with everyone what your favorite episode of Impact Theory has been thus far, and send us a screenshot to connect at impacttheory.com. Can't wait to see and what again, apps they it's choose. In the comments. I know, I'm excited. That's always my mm. favorite part, finding out what people yeah. resonate with. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so this one comes from Chris Berry. My boy Chris Berry. What is yeah. up, homie? So he says, I see a bunch of info about creating passive income online lately. Mm. I see with new technology and outsourcing, this is a new possibility. What is your take on creating passive income streams? Is it a legitimate path to wealth or pipe dreams and snake oil? Total pipe dreams and snake oil. It is absolutely bullshit. So if you want to say that Quest was passive income because it made me money while I slept, and if that's your definition of passive income, awesome. But I'd like to show you the video. Yeah. Waking hours. Yeah. Let me show you the video of my wife and I, like on Christmas Eve, all alone in a freezing fucking warehouse. Um, grinding it out, making test batches of bars or the time at you know 2 a.m. on a Friday night um, when the machines broke down and I was having to figure out how to fix a heat coupling, which I didn't even know what the hell that was, um, or the time where uh, my wife and I were on our way to a club and she is like discoed out, like she looked good. And we are about to pull out of the driveway and I get a phone call that um, somebody had been hurt at the facility. And so we had to scrap our plans and go and make sure they were okay. And um, I mean, that's if that's passive income, then sure, passive <laughs> income is possible. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to deliver value. And if it were that easy to deliver value, and let me tell you, all the passive income stuff is, is to teach the next person how to have passive income. And so it's the people that can essentially trick you into buying their course on how to get somebody else to buy their course, how to get somebody else to buy their course. And it really is like a Ponzi scheme. And dude, like, here's what I really encourage people to do. The most beautiful thing you will ever do in your life is tap into something that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel like you're helping people, that not makes you feel like, where you are actually helping people live a better life and that you've created something that they needed and wanted, that they're willing to pay for, that they're willing to pay for over time, that your customers are writing to you saying that you've really made their life better, like you're fully engaged. And so rather than think about passive income, think about passionate income. 
When it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh! That just happened right here. Oh my goodness! I was like, was he was he holding that up his sleeve this whole no, time? No, that's like we gotta switch. I it dig up. it. All yeah, right, switch that narrative. I love there it. There it is. Sorry. Think about Sorry that passionate income. It's a t-shirt. That's what t-shirt. Lisa's screaming. 
It's a t-shirt. Respect. Coming soon to the Impact Theory store, yeah. if you haven't checked it out already. Exactly. That one shirt that the we've one got shirt. Up, that it's We'll some have point, more stuff. Yeah. We'll have more stuff. We will. Not to worry. No uh, and we also have our um, official Facebook community group up for you guys. So just type into the search bar, Impact Theory League, and join now. Boom. Yes. Join now. Okay. So we have another question from Chris Berry, but this time it's for me. My man. Right. Um, so he says that he's noticed between my story and Jessica O. Matthews' story um, that Nigerian culture is one which they were raised um, to produce, were raised to be empowered, motivated, high achieving attitude, and strong belief in themselves. So he wants to know what the key difference is I see um, between the culture I was raised in and the culture of other black women in the U.S. Wow. So this one is a, a very complicated question, mm. and I definitely do not claim to know the answer to this one. But in my experience, I feel part of it is the fact that for the entirety of my life, I very much knew my history. So like... I knew where my parents were raised. Like I knew that they came from somewhere. They were working towards something. The reason they came here was to give me a better life. And then also for my parents, like living in the U.S., their history here started in 1990. So you know, they didn't have you know generations from before who would come here as um, captive slaves. Mm. And so a lot of that just kind of, I feel like through the civil rights movement and all of the different movements that have created a better life, um, my family definitely benefits from that just coming. That's interesting. You know? So it's like you're starting a little bit at a higher playing field. And then not only that, most immigrants who come to the U.S. are a little bit more educated because, you know, they have come in through, like, student visas, working visas, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So... You know, it wasn't like we were at a disadvantage in terms of having some of the access to education and learning. And the thing is, learning is definitely something that's very, very praised and coveted in my household and mm -hmm. most of my friends' households. So I feel like a lot of that creates this very complicated mixing of, you know, what it means to be black in America. It's a very, like, you know, rich tapestry from, you know, immigrants to people who have been here for generations and their families still haven't been able to accumulate wealth just because, you know, there are different systems that were created and put in place to make sure that they couldn't go to school or they couldn't do this. And so hearing that, a lot of that narrative gets passed down, right? And so for me, my narrative has always been like, well, if I come here and I work hard, like, I can do it too. Um, but it's, I feel like it creates a little bit... Um, of a difficulty if your experience and the experience of the people before you, they didn't necessarily see that. So they can't necessarily teach you what it looks like on the other side. Mm -hmm. Because my parents have both seen a lot of wealth, but they've also seen a country that was war-torn because um, they both grew up during the Biafran War. So they were migrants. Well, at least my mom's family moved around a lot before settling um, in their village. And so I feel like, you know, it creates a different sense of self for me um and yeah so i'm sorry hopefully that was a helpful Dude, that's answer that's hella deep but um that's I'm kind of something yeah like I, I wish i had like more research and things to mm. back it up um because i'm still kind of early in that learning process um yeah 
Dude, thank you for that. That's yeah. really fascinating. You've seen 13th, right? Yeah, I've seen 13th. Ooh. I was weeping the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I got Check super emotional out. at the end. Yeah, it's... Yeah, because again, those are a lot of the systems that like carry over. Mm. And once you enter one of those systems, it makes it really hard for you to get out. For me, like watching that really brought home the power of context. Like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, your family only has history as of 1990. 1990. For me, it's like I only start becoming sort of cognizant of the world, let's say around 12, 13. So it's essentially for me exactly the same. Like, I don't have a sense of all the yes. things that lead up to when as a kid you really start to become aware of the world and Dan Carlin gave me that same sense like his whole thing with hardcore history is giving you the context so like mm-hmm. don't just learn about Luther right who was the guy behind the Lutheran religion yeah. like put him in context what was going on at the time why right. was it a big deal why was he able to essentially be a heretic without getting burned at the stake and he covers that and how that was the case for him where so many other people were literally killed um, for beliefs like his. Uh, just really, really fascinating. So 13th is a documentary uh, essentially about the U.S. prison system. Definitely watch it. And whoa, like the context of why some of the legislation gets put in place the way that it mm-hmm. does. And it's it's fascinating. I won't turn this into a political thing, but just watch it. Definitely super watch powerful. it. Also check out the new Jim Crow because that was kind of one of the foundational Yeah, books one of the that women created. that, or yeah. the woman that wrote that is one of the women that they interview in the documentary. Yeah, Michelle Alexander. Wow. It's really cool. Crazy. All right. So this next question comes from Daniel Semper Pico. Tom, thanks for doing this live Q&A. No problem. My pleasure. Um, I started a real estate agency almost a year ago in Hong Kong, and I have a lot of clients, which means I'm working 24-7. I love what I do, but I find that I'm able to work 24-7 very intensely with virtually no time off for about two months straight, at which point my energy starts to dwindle and I feel like I need to take a break, but I struggle with that. Do you take breaks from work? As um, did you take breaks from work as you were building Quest? Um, okay, so now let's get into that gray area. So the answer is there were were probably two years at Quest where it was maybe three, where it was like no, I didn't take time off, and I remember being in London at Christmas time, and on my phone I had an app that let me watch the production line, <laughs> and I would literally watch the production line, and I had the ability to speak over a megaphone <laughs> to the facility um, from my phone, so that I could you know watch and say, hey guys, like lane number four or whatever is starting to bunch up, you need to do this and that to fix it, um, and so I was super all in, but. I would do that for as little period of time as you can. Like to me, um, I, I work super hard. And Monday through Friday, if I'm awake, I'm working out or working. And that's just the way that it is. But like I make sure that I take downtime on the weekend. I make sure that I take time to literally just straight cuddle with my wife. And um, I think of it as literally turning off my ambition. So there are times where I will turn off my ambition and I will just, and I, I carve it out because I get the feeling of being, of feeling guilty. It's why I can't read fiction. I have tried to read fiction so many times when I'm not on vacation. I just can't do it because I feel like I could be learning. I could be learning. And there's this voice in my head that's like, you could be moving forward. Now, because I love reading nonfiction, that's not like a hard thing because I get moments mm-hmm. of pure joy from reading nonfiction. So it's not like I'm reading, you know, manual or I'm reading fiction. It's like, I'm either reading fiction or a nonfiction book that I also would love. Yeah. Um, but by 
carving out time and saying, this is my time to just play, which I think is really important for creativity. I think you'll be better at your job if you carve out time to just play and have fun. Um, but for me to not feel guilty, it really helped me to say, these are the times that I can play, right? So like this morning, man, you want to know how much working out I did this morning? Zippo. Uh, it's my birthday. My temptress of a wife was like, how about we just hang out? How about I make you breakfast and we just chill together in the morning? It's your birthday. And I actually said, I don't know that my identity will let me. And then I was but like, wait a second. A yeah, right. So I was <laughs> like, nope, this is this is how people get themselves in trouble where yeah. you take what's really a smart strategy of being like hardcore head down and you take it into an abusive place. And so I was like, yeah, it is my birthday. It's once a year. I think I'll be all right. One time. Um, and so, you know, we chilled and it was such a nice morning. So yeah, I think, you know, going back to that, no one to be binary and no one to be gray, like this falls into that gray period of you've got to carve some time out for yourself and, and really enjoy it. I don't think 24 or seven is sustainable for anybody. Um, but just for me, delineating it is important. Yeah. And if, if it helps you definitely put it into a calendar or something, because like that definitely helps me sometimes where it's just like, this is like the hour or two that you're definitely taking to just be with Cindy doing nothing and enjoying yourself. So <coughs> I would, I would also suggest that if you find that you can't find those like moments, you can find 15 minutes. No Even question. if it starts at 15 and like you can up it and see how it goes and figure out what you need, you might not take a full-blown vacation, but right. yeah. And then the other thing, and I mean, it's it sounds like you're really self-aware. You love what you do, but you know that you'll start to burn out at some point. Just bright lines, you know, bright lines. Work here, don't work here. Smart. All right. So this next one comes from Domingo Geronimo Mattel. Say what? I know. Say I that know. name again? Uh, Domingo Geronimo Mattel. How do we, how do we have this many has, people with awesome like, names? Really like, this awesome is so names. surreal. I love it. Wow. And hopefully I, I'm saying it right, but. I mean, that's, like, you could mispronounce that and it'd still be cool. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So his question is, is it smart for an artist to get a business partner so he can focus on his art? Wow. So here, just my general stance on that is um, you can do so much more as a part of a team than you can as, I just heard this, I wrote this down yesterday. So uh, it goes, if you want to move fast, move alone. If you want to go far, be a part of a group. That's the gist, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think that's amazing. I think that that really speaks to the truth of something. Now, Choosing your partner is like choosing a wife or a husband. Um, you need to choose very, very carefully. And selection is the most important part of that whole thing. If you get a partner and you end up in a toxic relationship, there's very, very little worse. Um, so, you know, yeah, be a part of a team. That's my end statement. But whether it's a straight partner, whether it's an employee, whether it's a minority partner, like those are things that you need to work out. But getting a team around you is the only way, in my opinion. Am I either cold or allergies are really kicking in here? So I apologize. Oh no. Oh no. All right. So this next question comes from Dale Flink. As a new business owner, there are so many groups and pages that offer a free way to funnel traffic to your company. Yeah. However, I feel they have good intentions, but at the same time, 90% seem like garbage. Am I wrong, wrong for not marketing and branding my new business through them? I want to do the things 
I want to do things correctly. And I know advertising and branding is key. It just seems um, the market is oversaturated with funnels and it's confusing. What would you do? Yeah. So here's the great news. I can tell you exactly what I would do because we are doing it. So I'm all about value add and somebody that's sending you traffic Almost certainly the way that they've been ag- to aggregate most of that traffic is through bots. But if you find somebody and their community is legit, it's very interactive. And that's the key part. Look how engaged their community is. If you find somebody that has a really engaged community that makes a lot of sense, like let's say that, did he say what his business is? Um, no. Let's pretend it's real estate for a second because the previous guy was talking about real estate. So if you find somebody that has a community built around real estate, they're very engaged, they're offering a lot of thoughtful commentary that the community is helping each other and not just the influencer. And that guy is like, hey, I really like what you're doing and I think that we can either... um, do a trade or, hey, I do offer companies that are really, because we do, like on Instagram, we'll do shout outs, right? Some of them are free and some of them are paid. And we go to people that we think have a really um, empowering community, that they're putting out great content, that their community is engaged, and we say, feature us, right? And that's it. It's nice and simple. It's going to be my words. It's really me. Um, but the way that I get on that account is by, you know, buying a bundle, a certain number of features. And that's been a really, really effective strategy for us. Us, but we're very careful about who we do that with. They have to be real. They have to be offering real value um, to their followers. And so I think being wary is very, very smart, but I think strategically finding people that are adding value and um, either just paying for services or creating a partnership is, is a winning strategy. So it's going to come down to your ability to accurately assess who's real and who's selling snake oil. And there's just no way around that. You have to get good at that. How did the expression snake oil come Because people actually sold oil from snakes, saying that, like, this will cure everything. Oh, and it so it's like from the Wild West days? Basically. Okay. Anyway, so um, this one comes from Anthony uh, Fioto. What is the most valuable digital marketing strategy you're currently employing? Wow, that might actually be a question for um, Agent Smith. Agent Smith. Um, Agent Smith, what would you say is our most effective digital strategy? And why don't you come stand behind me so people can see you? Because it, it ends <laughs> up like being like He's like hiding in a corner. Yeah, this really long, awkward silence on our end. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Welcome to the feed. Digital strategy. Yeah, so you if like you just over my mic? shoulder to this okay. mic, they had to hear you. All right, everyone. Um, so by the way, for those who don't know, Jared is our director of uh, marketing. Yes. Um, so our business is a little bit interesting in that we're not selling a product right now. We are strictly except for that t-shirt. For t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> uh, we are strictly distributing content. So our goal is to get our content to as many people as possible. And the most effective channels for that have been Facebook um, distributing our clips of our main show, Impact Theory, as well as clips of Tom talking. Some of those have gone viral. Um, getting those into the hands of partners, uh, partner pages who want to share that type of content. So it's all about building that network of distribution and finding people who have similar audiences and then giving them valuable content to share. That's what's, what's been working for us. Um, the other thing has been, so we've been doing that. And then also working with other content creators and influencers on YouTube. We've been doing some of that and getting some of our content into, they're incorporating it into their content, which is then feeding people over to um, our channels and our pages. Give an example of that. 
Yeah, so one, you can go to Absolute Motivation, Nav. Shout out to Nav. He's a great guy, friend of the the program here. Um, He created a motivational video that was the audio narration was from Tom. And um, Tom created that exclusive piece for him. And then he put the visuals to it. Um, It drove a ton of traffic to his page. So it was a great benefit for him. But it also exposed Tom and Impact Theory to his audience. So that's been really helpful. Um, But like I said, we are atypical as a business right now. Um, Some other people I know have been having a lot of success with Facebook ads. Um, driving people to their products or their services or their websites. So, yeah. Boom. There it is. Awesome answer. Sweet. Yeah, the thing to really think about there is that we're creating value add content. Like we don't we're not looking for the shortest path or the easiest path. We definitely look for bang for buck, but like my thing is um, I will create an avalanche of content for people. So like last night, man, you, you just got to put in the work. Last night, I had to, I re-recorded the book review, by the way, because I was yeah, not happy going with out the first soon. take. Um, so, you know, I did the, the first book review like at seven at night or something like that. And then I, I was just not happy with it. And so I asked my long-suffering wife if um, she would stay up late with me and redo it again. And so we redid it again. And I thought, this is, this is why we're going to win. Because everyone in this team is willing to go the extra mile to put in extra effort to create something that actually is valuable to people. And I could have gotten away with it. I could have released a book review that I wasn't happy with. And, and it probably wouldn't have had a big impact on the brand. But at the end of the day, like I feel an obligation to really bring value to people's lives and that whenever somebody watches something, it is because that has my stamp of approval. Um, so holding yourself to that standard, putting in the work to really create something that's value add, that's the key. There's just no two ways about it. Oh, for sure. Also, that's already available on the podcast and will be coming out oh. on YouTube shortly. In there case it is. You want to Hit check makers. It out. Hit, Hit makers. makers. Oh, yeah. And uh, for An- Anthony, that's actually going to be a very useful book in terms of digital marketing, correct? Uh, like, is it a little applicable? They're, they're a little bit. They're a little bit. There are better books for that, for All sure. All right, well. And I'll have to think about what those are that are sort of like right now really effective. Maybe we'll we'll create like a curated list. You know, we should do more book lists should, like on specific like topics. like on the topics, because I feel like between you, me, and Jared, we might have yeah. something and, for and marketing. And on marketing in particular, you want to pay more attention probably to podcasts because you really want stuff in the last 90 days. Digital and it moves marketing really quickly. Fast. Like high level stuff for books, definitely like yeah. terms, all of that. But for up to the moment, definitely yeah. a lot of podcasts, articles. Yeah. Check out Ryan Holiday's Trust Me, I'm Lying. That'll give you a framework to understand the game of digital marketing. Like it, that was a little distressing for me when I read that book, but there's like a, a, a positive side to it as well. Um, but that really gave me a fundamental understanding of the way the world works. And then beyond that, I would dive into podcasts and stuff. Gary Vee is crushing it. There's a reason we partnered with Vayner Talent. Um, I think those guys are just at the at the forefront of their game. And then um, mad shout out to our boy Lewis, um, Law of Ambition. Check out Law of Ambition. Um, oh, he yeah. does he does work for people. So if, I'm guessing if you ping him there, that's probably the best way. But like that guy is super sharp. So if you're looking for somebody, um, he really understands Instagram, really understands social content. Um, if you're looking for somebody to help in that world, he's great. Got a lot of great advice. I'd love to see him start publishing a blog or something to really tell yeah. people what he's up to. Because every time we sit down with him, I'm like, this dude really gets the game. Um, so yeah, law of ambition. Check that out. Awesome. All right. So our final question 
comes from Jumaine Sabian Cabrera. Oh, yeah. I know Jumaine. When it comes to diet and self-control, what do you do in moments of weakness and are dying to eat those peanut M&Ms? Oh, God, I love this question so much. This is so self-serving. Um, I... <laughs> Oh, well, I'm going to be question. honest. I'm going to keep it real. Okay, keep it real. I don't have moments of weakness. I used to, but I don't anymore. I, I so love being tempted because I know I won't give in. I've worked so hard in my identity over the last 15 years as it revolves around food. Um, I don't get tempted. I use bright lines. So it is very simple. There are a certain number of calories that I'm going to eat for the day, period. That is it. If I am starving to death, so be it. Them's is just the breaks. So, yep, there are things that I eat. There are things that I don't eat that is predetermined ahead of time. Um, today is my birthday. I'm going to have me some pizza. We're What's having up? pizza, guys. Pizza. Um, pizza. So, but that was, you know, it's predetermined. You make that decision and then you go in. And I'm going to love that pizza. I'm going I'm to eat the life it's out of that pizza. 24 hours in the grand right? scheme of things. Exactly. Mundo. So, and then the rest of the time, it's boom, boom, boom. Like, I know what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. And, and that's it. So, um, love temptation. Know that you're not going to give in. As It's a master class, I'll admit. You don't start mm-hmm. there. You don't Hell start no. by having delicious no. smelling bread. But, like, <laughs> now when somebody makes, like, a bagel and it's, like, toasted and they put, like, cinnamon Nutella. and butter on it. Oh, God. Like, I just want to go smell it. I did that around it. Christmas time. And you did actually hover near, like, my bagel. Oh, for sure. Like- ways. I, I love it for two <laughs> reasons. One, it gives me that neurochemical cascade of just deliciousness. Yeah. And then the other is I can be around it and strengthen my grit, my discipline, by like, how do you practice that stuff? By being around it right. and then not eating it. Like, that's how you do it. Um, there was another day where uh, we were shooting that day and my wife thought that I needed my food at 11, but I didn't need it till 1130. And so she brought it to me a half an hour early and I let it just sit next to me and it smelled so good and I was so hungry and I let it just sit next to me and I didn't eat it. And I thought, this is how you get stronger. Like, it seems stupid, but making your food 10 minutes before you're going to allow yourself to eat it and then you push it to 15 and then to 20 and then to 30 and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I can fight through the temptation. The bright line is where the bright line is. I don't eat at 11.27. I eat at 11.30. Like, that's it. And so people used to think I was crazy, but it's like, that's how you get that discipline. Bright lines. Excellent. That's, I feel like that's an excellent way for us to, to peace out. wrap things up. All right. um, just as a reminder, we're still running our giveaway um, for the three-month subscription to Audible. So all you have to do is share your favorite Impact Theory episode on Facebook, tag Tom Bilyeu and Impact Theory, and send us a screenshot to connect at impacttheory.com. And as a reminder, we also have our new community group open now it's Boom. called the impact theory league Boom! and we already have something like 260 members nice something nice so i'm really excited about that guys it's it's been my big initiative and push mm. um and so i'm just excited that we're in week one and yeah. it's gonna grow we're definitely gonna come up with a lot of fun things for you guys to do nice that's awesome <coughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Facebook Live Q&A with Cindy and I. I love doing these things. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to submit your questions. The ones that we didn't get to, we will start the next episode with. So feel free to drop some more stuff into the comments. And if you haven't already, my friends, be sure to subscribe. This is a weekly show. And until next time, my friends. Be legendary. There it is. Peace out. 
everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.